0: Military family financial coach Lacey Langford, host of the Military Money Show, is coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that JOB trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. The Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card now offers better rewards than ever. You can earn three times the points at supermarkets, restaurants, gas, and transit. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. All right, today we're talking with Lacey Langford, the host of the Military Money Show. Lacey, welcome to Veteran on the Move. Before we get to talking about uh, money and personal finance, uh, you're active duty Air Force. You're still a military spouse. So take us back and tell us what you did when you were in the Air Force.
1: I was an information manager, which is a lot of desk work. I'm not gonna lie. I wrote a desk for a long time. I did a lot of reviewing, but I was pretty mean with a pen. I think when I was when I was on active duty, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, more administrative what I did while I while I was in. But I enjoyed it. It was a great experience for me, and I had the um, huge blessing of having amazing mentors and leaders that I was under. So it, it made it for a much more enjoyable experience, I think.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, as you transition out of the Air Force, talk a little bit about what your transition was like, uh, whether it was planned and if you were fully prepared for what you are about to endeavor.
1: I think my transition out can be described as a hot mess. I definitely <laughs> waited to the last minute to make my decision. I kept kicking the can down the road. And at that time I was, um, what, 23 and, just not really thinking about my future the way I should have been. And I thought I would want to stay in. Then I was considering what, you know, my parents wanted. I was dating my husband at that time. So there was a lot of moving parts and I just wasn't focusing on what that was going to look like for me. So I think I actually only gave myself about a month. I actually had to sell back my leave because I couldn't even take leave. That's how little time I had left. <laughs> so um, so I wish I would have, looking back, put more effort into what I was going to do when I got out of the military. And really weighing those pros and cons between staying in and getting out and what worked best for me, not everybody else around me. Those are things I think I would have done differently. But I was going to school when I was on active duty. So it wasn't like I didn't have anything going on. I was just going to get out and do nothing. I knew I was going to go to school, but I didn't know if I wanted to stay in a little bit longer and finish school while I was on active duty or just go ahead and get out. So there was a lot of um, just poor planning on my part.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, very typical for uh, – how old were you when you went into the Air Force? I was 19. Yeah, so – what what you know? What nineteen year old? What 22, 23 year old thinks that far ahead in life? So, uh, pretty common. But, um, so y- y- you know, we, you and I know each other quite well through some of the, the, the USAA uh, digital influencers group uh, we've been in, and being uh, being a, a military oriented podcaster, and we just saw each other uh, once again down at Podfest uh, first weekend of March before the whole world came to an end. And I know uh, we
1: just we just missed it. Well, we got just. out of there
0: just in time, didn't we? Holy yes. cow! Yeah, the, everything fell apart at that point. So um, I know this episode won't release till like mid June at, at this point, but it'd uh, be interesting to see what the state of the world is is then. But uh, anyways, it was it good seeing you again down at Podfest, and you and I got a chance to talk a lot. Um, I know I know your husband uh, was in the army, um, and I think he's out now. Um, what was your, you kind of transitioned from, you transitioned from the air force got out, but it probably wasn't too far after that. You became a military spouse and then you're going to school. So tell us a little bit about how you got into personal finance and, and eventually military finance, you know, family, military, financial advisors.
1: Yeah, well, I grew up luckily enough in a family that I was raised to spend less than I make and save. Now, I'm not saying when I was 19, I'm on active duty that I listened to that, but I knew it. I knew that's what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, when I started going to school, I knew I wanted to learn how to take our finances to the next level, to learn how to invest and just really kind of build our wealth. And I actually married my husband on my spring break while I was in college at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. And he asked, he, it's a true, true military story is, um, he asked, asked me on Monday, we got married on Friday of my spring break. So <laughs> like, let's just go ahead and do this thing. Um, but you didn't meet
0: and, on spring break and then get married a couple of days later on spring break.
1: Correct. It's not a, like a complete military story. <laughs> Just just a partial. I really
0: think you're the first person, you're the first person I ever knew that got married on college spring break. I'm sure there's others, but that's the first time I've heard that. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Yes. Yes. So, um, so I was still going to school. We were living in separate areas because at that point he was still in the Air Force. He was stationed at Charleston Air Force Base. And then I was now a military spouse. So I finished up school, um, I think probably within six months or a year and moved to, to Charleston. And I had a really hard time finding a job. I knew you know, my undergraduate was in finance. Um, so it kind of just rolled into me being a military spouse, starting that cycle of struggling to find a job, find a job that I was qualified for, um, that was in the field that I wanted to be in. There was lots of jobs that had nothing to do with finance. but, And then we had children and all that stuff happened, but then I always knew, even though I was going to have kids, that I was always going to be working on this whole finance career. I was just going to figure out a way to make it work. So I became, um, I followed kind of a certified financial planning path. I started, I did that when my husband was deployed for a year. I went to school for that, got that done and kind of fell into, started volunteering on army installations, helping people with their finances But really still kept struggling with building my career around my husband's career. And that just was not working out. And that is how I fell into entrepreneurship, is that I just got so pissed off one day about that I couldn't have what I wanted because of Mm -hmm. the army and the career that I wanted. I said to myself, I am going to build a business that I can take with me doing what I love, helping people that I love. And I started my own financial coaching business. And then I was like, I got to start a website because it's going to be online for so people will be able to find me. And then it just started evolving from there. So still keeping to the root of what I wanted, I wanted to be a financial coach and help the military community with their money. I just had to kind of take a side path to be able to build that career along with the military lifestyle.
0: Yeah. And I, I know that, any military spouse that's listening anywhere around the world, they all experience the same thing. Um, you know, the reality is so many military spouses can't have a normal career because they have to, you know, the, the military, the military member's career, when, when Uncle Sam says, you're moving, you're moving, you can't, you don't really have a choice most of the time. And so the, the, the military spouse has to take, you know, their career has to not necessarily take second fiddle, but has to be able to adjust to that. And oftentimes, depending on what the career path is, you know, it doesn't work out that well. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of businesses and companies, even if even if you're stationed in an area where there's a lot of jobs available, a lot of employers are hesitant to hire you if you're a military spouse because they know you're probably going to be moving in two or three years. Um, and, and I know that a lot of military spouses have faced that too. And then let's face it, there's a lot of military bases, especially overseas, where there are no jobs. Even if you wanted to get a job, you can't get a normal job. So talk to a little bit about how you initially got started as a financial coach. And, and you know, you probably sounds like you start off volunteering at first, and then you gradually got, got some certifications and you're able to work your way into actually being able to do it, do it in official capacity and eventually start getting paid to do financial coaching for military families.
1: Yeah, I was lucky enough to be I think a service member and I had the mantra of adapt and overcome and I think along the way every step when I hit an obstacle when it came to you know our family life the military and doing my career that I just pivoted every time if I had to. I'll just if there's a problem I'm going to adapt and change to that. And when I started I just started helping family and friends with money for free. You know, that was just something that I was good at, communicating with people, being a coach, being a people person, and then having this money expertise. So that's really where it started. I I think the biggest first step I did is I started an investing club with all of my siblings and their spouses. And I kind of headed up and was the driving force. And we did all that talking about investments. And then I started coaching people. And then I started going on the installations when I had some experience under my belt to do volunteer work, and that was a way to definitely keep me current and help me build my resume, but it also really helped build my confidence as a financial coach. I say that sometimes you have to be bad someplace when you start out in your career. Like comics, they go to dive bars to practice their um, their new stand up skit, or you know, musicians start at a dive bar, or a little club with their you know, when they're learning to be an artist. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's how kind of I was as a financial coach, that young service members in the military community actually really helped me build my expertise and my confidence in helping people with their money and just learning better ways to communicate the problem and how to solve it. And to understand more and more individual situations and have compassion and empathy. So there's a lot of good that came out of it, but definitely volunteering and doing things for free was my beginning steps of my career. But then it led to other things that gave me that confidence to really build my business and start charging people what I was worth and start going into other areas where I'm doing freelance writing about military topics and money, or I'm working with brands Same thing, talking about military money. So it led to a lot of other things. But I think those um, things in the beginning that you think are so frustrating that you have to volunteer or this is kind of the situation you're in really led me to some major successes within my career.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Lacey, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Did you know you can get American Express card now with Navy Federal Credit Union? The Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card is designed with your busy lifestyle in mind, and the Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card now offers better rewards than ever. The More Rewards card offers three times points on everyday purchases like three times the points at supermarkets, three times the points at restaurants, three times the points on gas and transit. And gas and transit means ride shares, tolls, parking lots, buses, and more. You get one point on everything else. Earn more rewards on your everyday spending with the Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card. Enjoy special perks and points you can redeem for cash, travel, gift cards, and more. Plus, earn bonus points. Learn more about how you can get 30,000 points, a $300 value, when you open a Navy Federal More Rewards American Express card today. Visit NavyFederal.org for more details and to apply. American Express is a registered service mark of American Express used by Navy Federal under license. All right, back talk with Lacey Langard from the Military Money Show. Lacey, what are some of the biggest things? You're you're counseling military families all the time. Your your focus is on the mili- the military financial health of the fam of a military family. What are some of the biggest things you're seeing right now uh, in this in this time, this age, with uh, what some of the dos and don'ts and, and struggles that most of your military families are going through?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest struggle people have is. Have leaving no room to pivot in their finances. There's no room for when things go wrong or the unexpected comes. And And when I say there's no room to pivot, it's a combination of things. They don't have any emergency money saved up. They have no financial fallback position. And then they're also maxed out. So they are high in debt. They don't have the money to to back things up when things pop cuz that's what happens in life. Things fall in your lap. It's not a question of if, it's when and how much it's going to cost you. And when you're in the military, that's amplified. You have PCS, you have deployments, you have just normal stuff on top of all of the military life that comes. You're expected to work long hours with, you know, the pandemic, people are working when they don't even want to be out kind of and exposed to things. So you just never know what's going to come with military life. And when you're maxed out financially, that's a huge problem. And when it comes to the debt, that's a huge problem because of security clearances. So the majority of service members are required to have a security clearance to hold their job or be in their branch of service. And one of the rules is you have to have your finances in order. If you don't have your finances in order, you could have your security clearance revoked or suspended, and then that impacts your ability to do your job. If you have it completely revoked, then you could lose your job in the military. So you're different from your civilian counterparts. Your finances are held to a higher standard. So when you have those two things of being maxed out and then not having any extra money on hand, it's a bad combination to have as a service member because – just things are, are going to go wrong. And if you don't have the money to back it up, then it's it's definitely going to be an issue for you. And then it's also a major stressor.
0: Absolutely. Well, so when, when you first start talking with military folks, um, why do you, why do you suppose the, the military families that you're dealing with, why do you suppose they end up in this position? Like, is it, is it just a lack of a, just a lack of awareness. Like, you know, they grew up and never were taught money. Uh, cause we don't teach money and personal finance in, in schools. I mean, what's typically going on these days with the, you know, with the military family?
1: I think it's a combination of lack of awareness, but it's also not making it a priority. Hmm. I feel like most people, if you sit down and just have the basics down Have a budget or not even calling it a budget. You just need to have a clear plan. You need to do a layout just like you do if you're going to deploy. You got your packing list. You got to lay it all out and figure out what you have, what needs to go, what needs to stay. And that's the same thing that happens with your money. You need to understand what is coming in and what is going out. And most people aren't even aware of that. So I think it's not even the financial education is as big of a deal as it is understanding your own position. If you have a better understanding of your position, then you're able to make better decisions that could help you instead of hurt you financially. But often they don't know what's going on with their own money and then they just keep adding on. So they like, okay, well we're going to go to target. We only needed to get, um, you know, toilet paper or the basics and you end up buying new bedding or you end up buying more toys and then, oh, well, we want to get the new cell phone that's out. They're going to upgrade their cell phone or getting um, a vehicle that they can't afford to make the payment on. Or, Or a real problem is you can make the payment, but it's dependent on something like jump or dive pay and you get hurt and then you're not qualified to jump or dive. And now you can't make that payment because you were overextended. Yeah. So that's a whole other ballgame, never to depend on that money. But it's just not being aware of what's going on and using that to be able to make smart decisions and just be aware of your surroundings when it comes to money.
0: Now, do you find most, uh, most of the folks that come to you uh, come to you way ahead of time, you know, trying to get ahead of things, lead turns and stuff, or do you usually deal with the, the families or the military members after things have gone wrong?
1: It's when it's gone wrong or it's getting ready to go severely wrong. Yeah. I, for example, I had somebody come in to me one time and they said, I want to start planning for my retirement. And I was like, all right. I was like, when are you planning on retiring? And they're like, we're going to retire in two weeks. <laughs> and I was like, um, well, that's great. I'm glad you came in because you always you want people to come in and talk to a financial person and get that that help that they need. But probably could have helped you a lot more if you came in two years before this. That's how long you should be planning for your transition or retirement. Like you, Financially, you should be planning that far out. And so it's um, really when it becomes a pain point for somebody is when they're really willing to reach out for help. There's this, <laughs> my brother has this saying, it's like, how bad does it have to get? How bad does it have to get before you're, you're willing to, to do something about it? And unfortunately, it gets bad and then they'll come in. But sometimes you have people that are being proactive. They're wanting – they've done the right things. They're saving their money. They're spending less than they make. But now they don't know what to do with the money. They don't know how to put it in the thrift savings plan or put it in a 401K. They don't understand how to set up um, an educational savings account for their children, those type of things. So there are people – I would say it's kind of one extreme or the other. They've done the right things. They don't know what to do next or – they've got a huge problem in their lab.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the thrift savings plan and, and the new active duty retirement plan? Cause it used to be 50% of base pay is what you would re- typically retire at, at, at 20 years, but um, that's changed. So talk to us a little bit about that and what it's, you know the new folks need to be aware of.
1: It's reduced now with the blended retirement system. So anybody coming onto active duty now, um, or into the military, that is the blended retirement system. Is their retirement system now? The old one is now called the legacy system. It sounds really fancy. Instead of calling it the old one, they're calling it the legacy. <laughs> um, I'm legacy. Yes, <laughs> so it makes you sound like fancy. But with the the legacy, I mean, with the blended retirement system now, it's giving service members the opportunity to save using a combination of a pension which is the way the legacy system is, but also now people can contribute to the thrift savings plan, which is an employer sponsored or military sponsored um, retirement plan, but they'll give contributions. So if you give money now, they'll invest money into your TSP. Prior to that, you did have the ability to save using the thrift savings plan and also receive your pension, but the Department of Defense did not match those contributions then. And they are now. And the Thrift Savings Plan is the equivalent of a civilian 401k or 403b or 457 plan. And it allows you to put your money towards a retirement. The, the problem, it's not really a problem, but just something that's different now than a pension and more people are having to become aware of is that you have to have some skin in the game when it comes to saving money for your Thrift Savings Plan. With a pension, you don't have to give any money. You just do your time, and then when you retire, you receive your monthly payments. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's part of – the still the majority of your – if you do 20 years with a blended retirement system, you're still going to receive that pension. It's just going to be reduced. But now they're giving some money towards your thrift savings plan because they want to ha- have people start contributing money towards their retirement as well. But you have to make those monthly contributions to your thrift savings plan to um to reap the rewards of that. So it's it's a change. Um it's taking some adjustment, I think, for people, but there's opportunity there to really help your money go a little bit further, depending on how you have it invested. But it's a great way to further build out your retirement money.
0: Yeah. So so you're actually you can you can get a match. If you contribute to the thrift savings plan, they'll give you a match. Yes. And what what's the match up to? 10%.
1: Ten percent. Well, so, I'm, I'm sorry. The match is five percent. So if you give five, they're going to give five. Four percent is a um, the matching contribution. One percent is a minimum that they give to everybody.
0: So they give one percent no matter what if you don't put anything in. Correct. And then, so ideally, you should put at least five percent in to get the full five percent match yes because it's free money it's not like a 401k matching if you don't put the money in yourself you don't get the match
1: oh yeah you'd be crazy to pass up free money like it's yeah um yeah you get the one percent automatic and then the the four percent for the match
0: okay and then they've expanded the number of options that are in the thrift savings plan what what kind of funds and stuff you can put it in um over the over the years since it started right
1: um, I don't know the last time that they updated it. They've been the same for a little bit. I think in the future they will add more. So they have mm-hmm. the, um, the five funds and then they have the life cycle funds. So life cycle funds are similar to a target date fund for a civilian, but basically they are, um, work, they adjust the money for you. So as you get closer and closer to retirement, they reduce the risk in there for you. And also the you know the allocation the percentage that are going towards stocks the percentage that are going towards bonds, um, with the other ones you pick individually which funds that you want to go into. So there's like the I fund which is international stocks. Mm-hmm. They have the G fund which is government securities. When you and I came in, or actually I don't even know when you came in, but um, when the Thrift savings plan originally started if you set it up it automatically defaulted to the G fund. So if you never went in and adjusted yeah. your investments it stayed there for a long time. Now it defaults to the life cycle fund closest to your 62nd birthday.
0: Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, and you know the advantage of the blended retirement system is if you get out after 4 years or 10 years or whatever, you get to take you get to take that whatever it is you put in and whatever it is they matched, you get to take that with you. Whereas yes. the old system, you walk away from the pension, you don't get anything for the pension. It's gone.
1: Yes. It, it, I think the statistic was before the BRS was started, over 80% of people that served walked away with no retirement, with nothing, no retirement money whatsoever, yeah. which is a huge problem, especially you know, the people that were doing eight, 10 years, and they were working towards retirement, but then never gave to the Thrift Savings Plan, and so they had nothing. So they're already behind the curve on saving for the retirement. And time is the biggest factor that y- you need on your side when you're saving for retirement.
0: Yeah. Well, so so Lacey, um, tell us a little bit about where we can get in touch with you. Um, you know, where do you hang your hat as far as uh, your financial services and uh, in your family, your family financial coaching business?
1: Yes. So, well, if you want to – I have the podcast. So, all these things that we're talking about, I talk about on the show. Um, any way to make, save, or invest money wisely are things that I cover. And that's anywhere podcasts are found. For the coaching, if you're interested, um, you can email me, info at LaceyLangford.com. That's Lacey with an E. Um, or check me out on the website, LaceyLangford.com. I have all the information about how to work with me. If you just want to read and learn more about finances in the military. I have lots of articles there. And then the podcast is also there with shows on various topics and some on the thrift savings plan.
0: Awesome. And so a little bit more about, about the podcast You're, Um, we can find you at, uh, the military money show and like you said, anywhere that podcasts are, are hanging out. So uh, how often do you, how often do you put out a new episode?
1: Every Monday. Okay. Every awesome. Monday a new show comes out and, it's always something interesting. I really like talking about money. I try to make it approachable and practical for people. So money's not so intimidating and, and so boring. So I try to have a little bit of fun with it.
0: And it's usually just you, um, talking about, uh, you know, good things to know about various financial aspects.
1: Yes. um majority, though, I do interview other people to make it a little bit more dynamic, mm-hmm. things that I think will be important or valuable, especially if it's out of my skill set or more detail. I bring in an expert to talk about it, like talking about um, the economy, growth rates, those type of things. I'm going to bring in somebody else yeah. <laughs> um, to talk about those. Um, I've had experts on about investing, about the transition out of the military, what that looks like for a lot of people. They don't know – how to start all of those things like your um, 401k, what the benefits are for medical, those type of things. So I did a whole series on how to approach that. Like what do you do when you get this huge HR packet when you get out of the military, which is something a lot of people would like to know, even if you've never been in the military, it's still overwhelming to figure all that out. So I try to bring in some fun people to discuss it all.
0: All right. That's awesome. Well, Hey Lacey, we're getting close to the end of our time here. I wanted to give you on the entrepreneurship side of things. Um, You're an active duty service member yourself, a military spouse. If you're talking to those folks in the military community that really want to check out entrepreneurship, really have a desire for business ownership, what kind of advice would you have for them?
1: I would say start doing your research now. The sky is the limit. I wish I would have known so much more about entrepreneurship when I got out. I feel like I would have been light years ahead. But just I feel like service members have that skill set to go all in and to make sure you're doing it right the first time. And I think doing research will go a long way for you to take those steps to do it right, but also to understand the possibilities of the things that you could be doing when you get out when it comes to entrepreneurship, because there's so many things. If you wanna be making money off of a podcast, or you wanna be making muffins, or you wanna be making money selling dietary stuff, Anything is possible. So I think doing your research, your homework, and then talking with people that are actually executing those things will be helpful. They can tell you all the hard lessons they've learned, so you can avoid them.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Lacey, uh, I appreciate you being here. You shared some excellent golden nuggets. Um, I encourage everybody to check out your podcast. And uh, you also, com, right, Is is, uh, is your personal website? Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right, Lacey. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, thanks for, uh, hope to see you again soon sometime. And, uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.